Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I'm shooting this video at the end of October of 2022 and I don't usually date my vlogs but sometimes I do and in this case I'm mentioning the timing because in the United States Halloween is coming up and I'm not going to shoot this vlog on Halloween. Uh, I've shot several vlogs, three to be specific, on specific tips and tricks and uh, orientations and strategies and ideas and tactics for navigating Halloween bright as bright can be. And I want to make sure that you know how to access the old vlogs because there's hundreds of them and they're such a treasure trove of fabulous information that's just available out there. The best place to access the vlogs is on the Brightline Eating website. So you just go to brightlineeating.com and then you click on vlog and there's a search bar. So if you go there to brightlineeating.com and you search for Halloween on the vlog page, you'll see the three vlogs that I've done that uh, give you my best ideas. And one of them was super recent and they're all really helpful. Uh, I have three little kids and Halloween is something to navigate, but there are alternatives to putting out food um, and you don't even have to just absent yourself if you don't want to. Um, there's so many good ideas for navigating Halloween brightly and my family's all abuzz with Halloween. Yesterday my kiddos were out on the deck late into the evening with the floodlights on carving pumpkins and all three of them are so excited about their costumes and it really can be a fun time of year. So. Um, today's vlog is not about that, but I want to make sure that you can find that information because it will be helpful for you. So today's vlog is part two of a three-part series called, Why is food the hardest addiction to kick? Why is food the hardest addiction to kick? And it's a topic that I cover in my book, Resume, my third book, R-E-Z-O-O-M. And in part one of this series, I spent the whole part one talking about the fact that you can't just stop eating. Parts two and three are going to cover the brain and the environment. So today we're gonna to talk about the brain and I have three additional reasons why food is the hardest addiction to kick and they all have to do with the way food interacts with our brain, the way the brain uh, prioritizes food, basically the way food as an addiction gets wired in because it's food, the way it is their home to roost once it's in there, and aspects that make it harder than any other addiction to get rid of once it's there, all because it's food and the way our brain orients toward food. So that's what we're going to be covering today. Uh, let's get started with the first reason that food is the hardest to kick having to do with the brain. So the way food wires in as an addiction is multifaceted. 
because food is a substance, especially these frankenfoods that we've got in our environment, right? I'm not talking about apples, I'm talking about processed food, junk food, sugar, flour foods, ultra-processed foods, hyper-palatable foods, whatever you want to call it, those foods hit the brain differently and they are a substance addiction. Addiction to sugar, for example, is like addiction to cocaine or to heroin. It's a substance that you ingest and that substance floods the nucleus accumbens with dopamine, causing dopamine downregulation, causing a feeling of irritability and restlessness and discontent until you again can get some more of that hyperpalatable food into your system, putting you on an every couple hour loop of needing another fix. So food is a substance but if you look at the addiction literature, you'll usually find food addiction classified as a process addiction. A process addiction like gambling, like pornography addiction, like shopping addiction, like video game addiction, a process addiction. Because, and it is, it is that too. It's a behavioral addiction because the behaviors around eating are Q-laden and rich and rewarding enough for the brain, for the brain to release its own endogenous chemical cascade that will hook you as well, which means just the chewing and the swallowing, just the, um, just the consumption of the food, the ritual around it is its own addiction. So food is the only addiction that is fully and truly both a substance addiction and a process addiction, meaning it's got all of the circuitry of both working against you, making it harder. It's the only one that's like that. Now, once that addiction has wired in, think about food and our brain. Think about how our brains are designed to make food focus food procurement, food consumption, part of our nonstop 24-7 focus. Cocaine procurement consumption isn't wired in like that. Cigarette consumption procurement isn't wired in like that. Caffeine consumption procurement isn't wired in like that. Cocaine, I mean, no, heroin, no other substance has the brain's a priori uh, focus like food. And so food addiction isn't just hijacking the addiction reward centers of the brain. It's also hijacking the brainstem, which is involved in swallowing and the, the sort of, um, you know, choke, cough, reflexy type things like the actual mastication and the getting down of the food. Um, it, it hijacks the hypothalamus, the uh, thermostat sort of equilibrium part of the brain that makes sure all of the hormones are working just right to um, you know, make sure that our sex and our temperature and our uh, liquid consumption and our food consumption are on track. The hypothalamus is incredibly powerful and make no mistake, involved with survival at the deepest level right? Survival. And of course, the reward centers of the brain. There's all these aspects of the brain that uh, prioritize food. Food is incredibly special because if we didn't really focus on getting some and then more 
and then yet more nonstop throughout the day, we were dead. And, you know, ancestors who didn't uh, have that focus didn't pass on their genes, right? So uh, the circuitry that food hijacks is so primitive and it's really special. It's really particular to food because there really isn't anything that people get addicted to that has that kind of special focus for the brain. And then once you're hooked, once you're hooked and you've been eating and you've been eating more and you've been eating too much and this weight gain sets in and then you decide to get into recovery, you decide to get clean, you wanna kick your food addiction, you decide to get that weight off, which is a good idea because carrying excess weight increases all-cause mortality. Uh, it's incredibly unhealthy. Uh, to carry around lots of excess weight. So you wanna get that weight off, but now the challenge is that your brain was designed to resist the release of adipose tissue. And it resists it by configuring your hormones, changing your hormonal profile to force you back to eating, but not just eating, but the type of binge eating that is particular to food addiction, the type of voracious eating, the type of uncontrollable eating, the type of uh, compulsive eating that is specific to food addiction, that's how your brain changes its internal thermostat from a hormonal perspective, specifically increasing ghrelin, a hunger hormone, decreasing leptin, a, a satiety hormone, decreasing a couple of different thyroid hormones, your metabolism, slowing down your metabolism, basically stacking the odds against you so that you're forced to gobble gobble more food to drive you back up the scale. And so there's no other addiction that's like that. So if you think about what healing the tissues that are impacted adversely by alcohol result in. So alcohol affects the liver. When you stop drinking, your liver goes, oh goodness, thank you, <laughs> thank you. And your liver cells and tissues start to heal. But the healing of your liver doesn't release powerful survival related hormones that that force you to go back to drinking alcohol that create powerful cravings for alcohol that doesn't happen what a terrible loop that would be to be stuck in right when you stop smoking cigarettes when you stop nicotine your lungs go oh thank you and your lung cells and and tissues start to heal. And what doesn't happen though, is your lung tissues as they're healing don't release a hormonal barrage that make you out of your mind driven to go smoke cigarettes. That doesn't happen, right? There's just a, a body alignment around, oh good, we don't smoke anymore, right? Now there might be some mental craving and so forth as your dopamine receptors heal, that's standard with all addictions, uh, but there's no other addiction that creates an unhealthy side effect that, of damage to the body that when it starts to heal, drives you back to the primary addiction. It's just an insidious loop. So if you have noticed that you have an addictive relationship with food, I encourage you to try Brightline Eating. Uh, it really works and if you've noticed that it's hard, if you've noticed that it's really hard, if you maybe gave up drinking a long time ago or smoking a long time ago, if you've kicked other addictions and you're noticing, 
Oh, Nelly, this one's harder. I just want to say, you're not making that up. You're not making that up. I've been addicted to just about everything hard <laughs> that one can be addicted to. Not all the things, not all the things, but crack cocaine, crystal meth, cocaine, alcohol, caffeine, cigarettes, sex and sex and love addiction. Um, I've been addicted to a lot of things. And I just gotta say, food is unequivocally the hardest addiction to kick. And so now we've covered four reasons. Between part one and part two, we've covered four reasons. I've got three more reasons. They all have to do with the environment. And they're specific to food, absolutely unique to food. And I will cover those in part three coming up next week. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.